You are listening to the Live Diet Free Podcast. I'm your host, Esther Avant, personal trainer, sports nutritionist, and weight loss coach. I'm here to help you lose weight for the last time without sacrificing your quality of life to do it. So pop your headphones in, go for a walk, and learn how to become the healthiest, happiest, and most confident version of yourself. Welcome back to the Live Diet Free Podcast. I want to tell you right off the bat that I'm nursing a little bit of cold and a cough. So if you hear my voice start to deteriorate through this episode or it cuts out randomly, uh, it's probably me trying to not cough into the microphone. So with that, I want to talk about making over your kitchen today because I feel like this is one of those things that you hear a lot about and sort of know might be helpful, but we never really get into like the specifics of how do you actually do it? What does it look like to make over your kitchen? So I want to give you really actionable steps. You could even listen to other podcast episodes while you go through and do your own kitchen. But the whole idea behind this is that shaping your environment to support the choices you want to make is one of the easiest ways to pre-commit yourself to certain behaviors. I'm recording this, as you guys know, from my kitchen table, which doubles as my desk, even though I have an office. I don't know why I don't like working up there, but I just never do. I'm just in the kitchen all the time. And a lot of you, I know, also work from home and may not have the luxury of an office, may not like to use it, may find yourselves in the kitchen as well or in very close proximity to the kitchen. And you've probably also noticed how easy it is to procrastinate. I should trade, trademark that or copy that or something. Uh, I mean, procrastinate by eating. So you don't want to send a work email. You are just feeling a little bit burnt out. You want a break, but you want to be able to justify the break by doing something worthy with your time. So, well, the person's got to eat. You find yourself in the kitchen. So instead of allowing your kitchen to remain a minefield where you need to rely on willpower and discipline to navigate, it's much easier to just make it so when you walk into the kitchen, you're not going to be as tempted by all sorts of things. It's probably also pretty relatable to start the day with a lot of resolve and commitment to your goals and just feel like you get depleted throughout the day, which is why most of us have a witching hour in the 3 p.m. on range. Whether yours is between lunch and dinner, while you're making dinner, after dinner, generally our overeating and our mindless kind of snacking and things like that happens later in the day. So there's a lot of ways we can address that. I've probably talked about a bunch of them in previous episodes. But what I want to focus on now is that part of what lessens your resolve is needing to make decisions all day about all sorts of things, but especially about food. So if every time you come into the kitchen to refill your water bottle or to get the pitcher out of the fridge, if you are seeing tempting leftovers or treats or the kids' snacks or things like that, even though you may not give in to them every time you do it, you're having to actively make that choice. And we all just kind of get decision fatigue throughout the day where as the day goes on, you have made so many choices that you're like, I just want to stop fighting now. And you just kind of it's like that devil comes out of your shoulder and just takes over your body. And next thing you know, you've eaten all those leftovers that you had no problem not eating the rest of the day. Or you have busted into the cookies or the chips or the crackers or the snack foods. And you just feel like, I don't even know when it happened. So all that to say, the easiest way to make sure that it stops happening is to 
stop putting yourself in a position where it's possible. If things are coming into your house and are going to be front and center in your line of sight or in easy to reach places, somebody's going to eat them. A lot of us also want to help our families eat healthier, whether it's a spouse or kids. And many of us do the grocery shopping. So doing somewhat of a kitchen makeover is a really great way to not only make your own life easier, but to start sort of putting your money where your mouth is as far as helping the rest of the family improve their health as well. So what does it actually look like? The first thing I would do is a kitchen cleanup. We recently, in our client community, we had a guest speaker who was talking about decluttering. And I went through our bathroom cabinets and and medicine cabinet and threw out like, I don't know, 90% of what we had, some of which had been expired for so long that not only did it move to Germany when it was already expired, it also moved from uh, DC to, or from, from Hawaii to DC. So it has moved like damn near across the world expired this whole time. So our kitchens are not the only place where we just kind of collect things that move with us or just kind of get pushed further and further to the back, take up space. We don't even realize they're there, things like that. So the first thing I would do is commit to decluttering your kitchen. The pantry and the freezer are really great places to start because you probably have stuff in there, like I said, that you don't even realize is there to begin with. So assuming it's still safe to use, bring that stuff to the, to the top or to the front, defrost it, actually make use of it. You're also going to find things that, you know, you've got this old can of whatever that's dented into oblivion and this, you know, bag of brown sugar that's been open for three years and is rock hard and things like that. So you're going to find you have a lot more space when you get rid of the stuff that either has gone bad, you're never going to use, you didn't even know was there, was from, you know, a past lifetime, etc. Um, there may also be things that you have bought like in excess that you know you're just realistically not going to get through. I do this with like stewed canned tomatoes. I make chili, I don't know, twice a year maybe. And yet I probably have 10 cans of stewed tomatoes because every time I go and it's like moderately chilly weather, I'm like, oh, I should get the tomatoes in case I want to make chili. And we're just buried under them. So anything that you're just not going to use and is just taking up space, donate it. Send it to a food drive, send it to the local food pantry. Doing a a cleanup and a makeover doesn't need to mean that you're being wasteful. There are plenty of things that you can do with perfectly good food that you just know we're not going to eat this stuff. Or we would eat it and we don't want to, so let's get it out of our our sight. Um, So yes, do, do the food for sure. The pantry, the spices, the freezer the fridge. We all know we have salad dressing in there that has been open for, you know, nine months, probably has something growing on it. There's miscellaneous stuff pushed to the very back. I know I always get very frustrated when I'm putting things into the drawers or, you know, when I do a big grocery shop and there's just like not room for everything. If I went through and took all this stuff out that was serving no purpose, I'd have a lot more space. So I know it's not fun, but it feels good to, to do it. So like I said, put on your favorite reality show, put on a podcast, listen to other episodes of this podcast, just get it done. It does really feel good. I cleaned out our entire fridge recently and actually you know, took out the drawers and the shelves and cleaned them and put them back in and it felt great. Open the door. There's probably all sorts of condiments and things that you just don't use that, you know, you had to buy a can of something for some recipe and now 
seven eighths of it is still left just taking up space that you're like, well, maybe you're not just just get rid of it. Either commit to using it like this week or just be done with it. So that's going to help a ton with any sort of space issue. And just just generally, I find that the less clutter we have in our worlds, the less clutter we have in our minds, it's going to be much easier for you to fit in the Tupperware if you're doing any sort of meal prep, if you don't have random things in the fridge that don't need to be there. It's going to be a lot easier for you to restock the pantry with the things you actually want to become your staples if there's room to put those things in and not have stuff falling on your head whenever you open the door. The other thing I would recommend cleaning out is your appliances. I know it may not be a popular um, opinion, but I had an air fryer and an Instant Pot when we lived in D.C. And I used them sometimes. It took two years to open the Instant Pot. It was just like in the box for a long time because I was intimidated by it. And then I finally got it out and it was so big and also I feel like they're very misleading with the time it takes to cook things and maybe some of you have um, instant pots and have had this experience but you know the recipe will say will say to cook on whatever for eight minutes and it's like okay well that's not counting all the time that it took to prep the ingredients to go in there to get it up to pressure or whatever to then release the pressure ended up being longer than if I just made it the, the the normal way and then I had to clean the whole thing So anyway, those things were monstrosities and they were taking up the bulk of my counter space. So I sold them for like five bucks each. So some of you may be feeling this way, maybe about those appliances. You may also be thinking, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have them. That's fine. Different strokes for different folks. I'm not judging your kitchen appliances. Um, But some of you, you know, may have impulse bought things that are in, in Facebook groups you're in a, you know, an an ice maker or an ice cream maker or some sort of fancy juicer or something. And you realize Either it's a total pain in the ass to use, we just don't use it as much as we thought we would, it's taking up too much space, whatever. Put them on Facebook Marketplace, sell them on your local community page, donate them, whatever. Just if they're not actually, I'm going to borrow this from what was that show about if it doesn't spark joy, but like if those things aren't actually helping you eat in a way that helps you feel good and helps you reach your goals, then get rid of them. You can probably recoup some of that money, but... (laughs) Even if they just leave the kitchen counter and go to an attic or something where you're just like, that's going to be a problem for another day, that's fine. The goal is you want to walk into the kitchen and be able to feel calm and like you know the things that you have and the things that you want to use are front and center. If you're enjoying this episode, I want to invite you to join us in our coaching program, Gone for Good. Gone for Good is our signature 12-week coaching program designed to help you develop the confidence, commitment, and consistency necessary to make reaching your weight loss and health goals inevitable. Our three-part framework helps you learn and master the exercise nutrition big rocks, provides comprehensive support and accountability, and teaches you how to take compassionate ownership of your results. With both group and one-on-one options, we have a Gone for Good package to suit your needs and help you overcome every obstacle between you and the weight loss you're after. Whether you want to lose 5 pounds, 50 pounds, or 150 pounds, we can help you in Gone for Good. For all the info and to join, go to estheravant.com slash coaching. So with that, once you carve out some counter space, I would also recommend just kind of reshifting how, where, where you store things. For example, a lot of us, especially people who are trying to increase their protein, but maybe need a quick breakfast on the go or need to be able to take something in the afternoon to shuttle kids around or things like that. 
smoothies or shakes are a great way to kind of check all of those boxes. Speaking from personal experience, my, my uh, blender is often in a really inconvenient place. Not that it's an insurmountable obstacle, but the goal with doing this whole exercise is to create an environment that makes it easy to do the things. So we want to make it easy to use this, use and do the stuff that you want. We may want to make it hard to do and eat the things that you don't want. So if you keep telling yourself you want to start making smoothies, but it's such a pain to get the blender out and things like that, now is your opportunity to put it somewhere that will be more visible. It's very much like moving your Peloton to the living room or putting your weights in your office so that if you see them, you're reminded, oh yeah, that's there because that's a thing I want to do. So you can put your blender on the counter. You could even just move it so that it's more accessible, that you're not needing to like climb on a chair or move a whole bunch of other stuff to get it out. That can help a ton. And then last thing I'd say about kind of the, the cleanup part is since a lot of this is about clutter, it can be really therapeutic to just go through your silverware, your plates, your cups, the Tupperware, miscellaneous things like that, and just prune it a little bit. I know we're kind of guilty of always wanting the collectible cups, you know, those like plastic cups when we go places that they're not high quality, they're not particularly nice, it's not even something that we majorly you know, want to commemorate, but we just, now, now we have this cup we're overridden with those. And it makes it hard to, you know, put the dishes away because you have to kind of shove stuff in there. And we all have our couple of go-to cups. So everything else is just like taking up space and being annoying. So if that's the position you're in, get rid of some of that stuff. Like I said, put it in the box in the attic, do a yard sale, give it away, toss it, whatever's, you know, whatever floats your boat in that regard. But like I said, it's, it's a lot about clutter. And if you are just feeling overwhelmed every time you're in the kitchen, or if you're thinking, I do want to try meal prepping in advance, I do think that would help me. But the Tupperware drawer is such a cluster that I can't even begin. I don't even know if I have tops for the bottoms and I don't know if I have enough containers that will fit the things. So sometimes I know it seems silly, but sometimes the real root obstacle is not at all what you're expecting. You might be telling yourself, oh, I've been avoiding meal prepping because it seems too time consuming or I I need to look up some recipes. When in reality, you're like, no, you know what? I've been saving recipes that I want to try. I'm going to I'm going to be really moderate with how I start. So I know it's not going to take too long or I have time this weekend. I know I could do it. The real root obstacle might be that you're just like, oh, that Tupperware drawer. I can't bear to look at it. So doing this kitchen clean out could address that initial hoop that you have to jump through and then make it so it's just smoother sailing to get the rest of the you know more consequential things done so with Tupperware and speaking to myself here great when my husband Gray listens to this he's gonna laugh but I am very guilty of holding on to all of the Tupperware even the ones that I have accidentally put on hot burners so now they're melted in weird ways or like the lid doesn't fit properly because of said melting or things like that Um, because I hate the idea of not having like the exact size or shape that I need. (laughs) Um, But, and part of that is that I don't have access to like a Costco where I can just like go buy a whole set of new Tupperwares. That's a lame excuse, but that's what I'm going with. Um, Anyway, so you probably have the same sort of Tupperware drawer that 
most Americans do, which is like they're just, they're just shoved in somewhere. And once in a blue moon, when you um, really get in the groove, maybe when you're pregnant and nesting or something, you organize them and they're all stacked nicely and the lids are all you know stacked as well. And it looks great and it feels really good. And then, you know, they topple over once and you're like, well, there goes that and we'll deal with that in six months. Um, but now is your time to go through and actually kind of assess which ones are stained with that bizarre tomato residue that like tomatoes, all tomato sauce always leaves in a Tupperware. I don't understand it. If you know the science of that, I'm curious. Um, if they're like stained gross ones that you're like, I can't send that to school with my kid or I don't want to bring it to my office because people will think that, you know, it's dirty. Um, get rid of those. If you have certain sizes that you never use and just take up space, get rid of those. If you want to make the transition from plastic to glass, now's the time. Although both Meg and I have tried to do that and they're so heavy and bulky and they don't stack well and they don't travel well. Um, I did it because I was trying to get away from all the plastic and then I just haven't been able to, to follow it through. Anyhow, Tackle your, tackle your Tupperware. I've talked about Tupperware long enough, so I'm going to move on from this. But I think for such a small thing, I think it will actually feel really good. Um, and then when we get to the phase, which is coming up next, of actually, um, you know, repurchasing things or purchasing new things, that's when you can buy the new Tupperware. And instead of doing what I always do, which is buy that like multi-size set that has a few of what you need and then a bunch that you'll never use, You'll be, you can be more strategic. You can say, this is the size that we need. This is what we use the most often. This is what we have the least of, whatever, whatever. And you can actually get what you need. Um, okay, so then before we buy new things, the last thing I want to say about just kind of working with what you already have is how you, where you put things in the kitchen. One of the simplest changes you can make to shape your environment is to just, is to be conscious of what you put front and center in your fridge and in your pantry. Most of us, especially if you have young kids and you want them to be um, you know, independent enough to get their own snacks and things like that, most of us end up with snack foods pretty, pretty front and center. You may find that you're able to put the kids' snacks like too low to be convenient for you, and that would help because generally, whatever is at like your eye height is what you're going to see the most, need to make the most decisions about, and then ultimately are going to end up eating the most. So for most of us, if you open your pantry, we have a drawer because uh, we don't have a lot of space in this house, um, but you might have a pantry that you open the door to. And probably in those, um, I don't know, like chest to head height shelves are probably all the chips, the crackers, the cookies, just like the, the general snacks. So one of the simplest things that you can do right now is to put those things higher or lower just so that they are not the first thing that you see when you open the drawer. I know it seems logical because it's like the stuff you reach for the most often, but that's exactly the point. If you don't want it to be reaching for it as often, then make it less convenient to do. Put like the the flour and the general like pantry staples, the, the canned vegetables and things like that. Put those right in the center because then you can open the pantry and be like, eh, don't want that. And you'll close it. And you'll go on with your life. Um, same thing in the fridge. That's a little bit, I think, harder to do because like who knows what's in your fridge. But um, like I was talking about earlier, if there's some sort of, you know, if there's like a leftover pizza box that you know you're going to wake up in the morning and be like, oh, pizza, I'll have that cold. And then you eat it and then you're like, oh, why did I do that? Put that higher or lower or put it in tin foil so you can't see it and then put it high or low. Um, if you want to be eating more fruits and veggies, give those more of the 
the star roll in the fridge instead of them being sort of tucked away in those bottom drawers. Um, and then you can also go a step further with the temptations that you're trying to reduce and pre-portion them and then put them back in their new places. For as simple a tip as this is and as effective as it is, it's one that most people don't do. It makes a huge difference. I've talked before about how I played the game with myself for literal years where I would buy, you know, trail mix or cereal or whatever, like my kind of trigger food was at the time. And I would tell myself, I'll just be different this time. I just won't do that thing I did last time and eat it all in one or two sittings and feel terrible about it. It'll just be different. And of course it wasn't. So if you want to break a cycle that you're in, you need to kind of interrupt that pattern somehow. And one of the best ways to interrupt mindless eating is to put these obstacles between you and the eating, which thereby make it less mindless. So number one, if the food is harder to reach, that you're either like crouching down and pulling it out of something, or you need a chair, or at least you're kind of like on your tippy toes, if you can't just mindlessly grab it out of the pantry, that's kind of obstacle number one. You might have that come to moment where you're just like, wait a second, why am I dragging this chair across the floor? Oh yeah, because I want to go get those chips that I told myself I wasn't going to eat today. You have a moment of clarity that you could you could make a different choice. And then on top of that, if you've already pre-portioned them, maybe you decide, screw it, I'm at the end of my rope, I just want the chips. And they're already pre-portioned. When you reach in there and grab something out, it's going to be a single serving bag instead of like you just going back for more and more and more until it's gone. That's not to say that you won't go back repeatedly. None of this individually is like a, a fail safe. But when you stack enough of these things in your favor, you are more likely to have those moments of clarity where you remember, this is actually not how I want to be behaving. This is not what I want to be doing. I have the opportunity to stop right now. So before you go out and, and do anything else, pre-portion whatever your temptations are, store them out of sight and hard to reach, and put the foods that you do want to be eating more of, do the opposite. Put them front and center, ideally within your line of sight. So I prefer my fruit really cold, so I keep everything in the fridge. But if you don't mind room temperature, you know, apples and pears and bananas and things like that. To be clear, my bananas are on the counter. I don't know why I feel like that's a super weird thing to put them in the fridge. Um, so I just need you to know that I don't go that far. Um, but if you want to be eating more fruit, put a bowl of fruit out, out on the counter instead of... Uh, you know, a jar of, I don't know if anybody has cookie jars anymore, but um, put them where you can see them so that if you're finding yourself snacky, you're just like, oh, this is easy. I'll just eat this instead. And now you have a banana instead of um, crackers or whatever. Okay. So then kind of the final piece, and I think this is really the least of the whole exercise, um, but is going grocery shopping and making sure that you're filling the, the kitchen with the things that you do want to be eating. So assuming you have carved out some space by getting rid of the stuff that you don't want. Now you've got some more space to do a big grocery shop and maybe refill some of the pantry with the things you want to become your new staples. Maybe you're trying to increase your fiber and your protein. So you want to do edamame or chickpea based pasta, which is higher in both of those things for a pretty equivalent number of calories. Um, so maybe you want to get several boxes of those so that that is the pasta that you reach for when it's pasta night. Um, maybe you are trying to get into smoothies, like I was saying. So now the, the blender is on the counter and you're like, oh, okay, well, I need some frozen fruit. So you stock up with frozen fruit. Maybe you even go so far as to like pre-make some baggies of 
the fruit that you want and then separately you can do like the dry ingredients or whatever um so that you have like these little packets that you can just pull out and and use but figure out you know what am i lacking another thing that i think helps a ton is getting some i think pantry too but especially some frozen items that can just be like in a pinch meals where you've come home late from a business trip or a vacation and it's so tempting to just order a pizza and not have to think about it or you're feeling under the weather or the day got away from you and you just want something that's like super fast and easy if you have you know maybe some trader joe's frozen entrees in the freezer things like that that you can just take out you know stab a few times with a fork that feels good put them in the fr- in the microwave and five minutes later you're eating or those you know some sort of like lean cuisine or smart start type meals where maybe by itself it's not really a full satisfying meal but you could toss some extra leftover veggies on it and some extra protein and now you have a a decent enough meal in five minutes i use cans of soup for this um i would imagine these exist in the u.s i've only discovered them since being in germany but weight watchers though i don't overall love that program they have a line of branded soups that are very calorie friendly the whole can of soup, I want to say, it depends on the, the uh, type. But I want to say the whole can is, you know, like a couple hundred. And then I add a bunch more veggies and I add some more protein. And usually I do some like avocado on top or something. But when Gray's gone, that's one of my go-to meals. It's like, I don't want to, I'm not going to do a whole thing for me and a four-year-old. But I do want to be eating you know, in a way that makes me feel, feel good. So I use, there's like a lentil soup that I'll use as a base. And then just add other stuff to it. So be thinking about the times you found yourself in a pinch or the times that you have been making choices that haven't been aligned with your goals and how the state of your kitchen could make or break that. The freezing, the, the frozen stuff is a big one for me. Um, frozen steam fresh veggies are a lifesaver. You just stick the whole bag in the microwave for like five minutes. Good to go. One of my clients, Patty, I don't know if you'll listen to this episode, but she does like a bag of those at lunch every day. And it's just a super easy, she doesn't have to chop anything. She doesn't have to, you know, think about what she wants. There's a bunch of different medleys. She can just grab something, take it with her and she's good to go. Um, so things like that can help. Just figure out the, the staples that are going to help you when, when things aren't ideal. Um, and then obviously, you know, getting your your fresh produce and things like that you'll you'll do on an ongoing basis um if you have room in the freezer now and there's a deal on your chicken breast or your chicken thighs or your lean ground beef or whatever stock up that's an easy way if while you're getting kind of this fresh start you want to be so dedicated as to write pantry and freezer inventories this is something you've never done but like do aspire to do at some point um is like write down everything that's in there so that you don't need to keep pouring through and figuring out, oh, well, now that, you know, can't eat that. That's been too long. Um, so you could just put, you know, a little post-it or whatever on the freezer or on the pantry that tells you what you have, what you need, that sort of thing. Um, and then I'd say the last thing we already talked about the Tupperware would be your spices and your seasonings. Those can really make or break a dish, especially if you're working on changing the way you cook at home, or maybe you're learning how to cook, or you are, you know, previously your spouse has done it, you're trying to do a little bit more for yourself. Learning how to season nutritious foods can be a total game changer. Most of us, well, I don't know if this is actually true, but a lot of people think that healthy foods are bland or boring or don't taste very good, and it's just not the case. So if you learn how to use things like garlic and onion and you know seasoning blends and things like that, it can make a huge difference. So 
when you went through and did the clean out, you got rid of all the old stuff that's like too clumpy to use or never actually gets used. Or like I said, you know, you got for a recipe one time and haven't used in the last three years. That'll free up some space for you to get the staples. Onion powder, garlic powder, salt, pepper, paprika. Those are those are mine. I like the Mrs. Dash line. One of Gray's coworkers kind of turned us on to grill mates, which are other blends. So things like that. Just having those on hand will make a big difference. And then it's easier to just experiment with adding them to things. So I think doing this it has, has multiple benefits. Number one, like I said, just having less clutter and less chaos in your kitchen is going to help you feel better about being in there. You might actually enjoy spending time in your kitchen if it doesn't feel so, um, I don't know, disastrous. You might actually find that you enjoy cooking or you can tolerate meal prepping because now you have room on the counter for your computer so you can watch a show while you do it. Things like that. You'll just have more of a sense of calm when you enter that room if there's not stuff everywhere, if you're not constantly thinking about the space and, and yada, yada. And then the second main reason is what I started off with, which is that shaping your environment makes a huge difference. You don't need to keep putting yourself in positions where you're faced with choices, where you end up making the one that you're upset about. There's nothing wrong with you if this keeps happening. It's total human nature. But you can do things like this to set yourself up for success. So now if, if you don't even bring certain foods into the house, that can make a huge difference. I wanted Mattis to stop drinking so much juice and obviously, you know, he's four, he doesn't do his own grocery shopping. So I just decided one day, I'm not buying juice anymore. And yeah, it was annoying the first few days. He kept asking for juice and I kept saying, you can have milk or we can have water. We don't have juice right now. But after a while, he just kind of settled in. So that's something to think about too, is a lot of us, I think, cater to the needs of other people and feel like, oh, my kids, you know, they'll lose their minds if I stop buying this particular treat, even though it's my kryptonite. Like, yeah, maybe, but they may also get over it. You know, think back to the pandemic when stuff just like legitimately was not available. Everybody eventually came around to it. So you may just decide that for the sake of, you know, myself or my family, whatever, there are certain things that I'm just not going to buy anymore. I'm not saying we can never have them. I'm not saying they're bad. Maybe we just know, you know, maybe I've noticed that my middle school age kid is having ice cream every single night and, um, you know, that's not a habit that I want to support. The easiest thing to do is just not have ice cream for a little bit so that the habit gets broken. You don't have to have any sort of conversation about, you know, ice cream is bad. We can't have it or anything like that. You just say, oh, I, you know, I didn't buy any this time um, or, you know, that's not on the menu for tonight. You could still have it when you go out or for special occasions or things like that. So that's another thing, too, is just kind of decide, are there certain things that I just don't want to buy right now because then it's a non-issue? That's shaping your environment as well. But then for most things, it's going to be a matter of those hoops jump through. Pre-portioning, storing them out of sight and hard to reach, putting the things you do want to be eating front and center, and just making it so that the mindlessness, mindlessness part of it is basically gone. And you're making more conscious choices, and you're not feeling like the kitchen is a total minefield where the whole day kind of crumbles when, when that witching hour hits. So hopefully this is helpful for you. I will be back next week with another episode. And in the meantime, feel free to find me on social media or in our free Facebook group, Live Diet Free. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Live Diet Free podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've listened to them all, I appreciate you being here. One way you can help this podcast succeed is to subscribe, rate, and review it. If you don't mind doing those things, I would love to thank you with a copy of our weekend survival guide designed to help you have weekends you enjoy, 
that don't set you back from reaching your goals. Just send a screenshot of your review to admin at estheravant.com and we'll send it over. And don't forget to check out estheravant.com slash coaching for all the info about our Gone for Good coaching program designed to help you develop the confidence, commitment, and consistency necessary to make reaching your health and weight loss goals inevitable. Our three-part framework helps you learn and master the exercise and nutrition big rocks, provides comprehensive support and accountability, and teaches you how to take compassionate ownership of your results. With both group and one-on-one options, we have a Gone for Good package to suit your needs and help you overcome every, every obstacle between you and the weight loss you're after.